In life and in business, where we start often has some bearing on where we end up journeying. Welcome to Sell Less, Mean More. I'm your host, Delancey Gabriel, and in today's podcast, I'm very pleased to interview Max Patterson, the CEO of Setify. Max's story is one of transition, having begun a career in law before transitioning into the tech space with an incredible app that helps family lawyers better connect with their clients. Enjoy. Today, I'm really excited to be speaking with Max Patterson from Setify. I first heard of Max probably about seven or eight months ago when I was connected with uh, his product, a tech product, which he'll tell you more about soon, by a very dear client of mine. Um, so, Max, welcome to Sell Less, Mean More. Thank you, Yelanthi. Great to be here. So, Max, the most important thing is how do you help people? Well, um, I'm the CEO and, uh, and co-founder of Setify, which essentially is a legal technology company. Um, we partner with law firms, uh, and at the moment that's family law firms uh, and wills and estates lawyers. Um, and essentially we've, we've created a system that uses artificial intelligence um, to help bring in new clients, give them useful, immediate assistance um, and guidance on, on their matter. Uh, provide them with some useful personalised information about where they sit, what they can expect from the process, how their lawyers can help them, uh, and then take a full background of their information, which is all summarised into briefs for their, um, their lawyers. So essentially it's a way of making those legal services much more approachable, um, more accessible in the sense that it's sort of at the click of a button, um, people can use it via their phone, tablet, computer, etc. cetera. Uh, and then also um, helping lawyers in terms of being able to get their jobs done in a faster, more efficient, uh, more effective way. And actually, interestingly, making the, the role of the, of the lawyer more human and more expert and less administrative. Well, that is a pretty superb uh, niche category offering. Um, could you please, <laughs> could you please share with, with me and the audience how it is that you can the need for this kind of uh, quasi automated offering? Um, yeah, and and yeah, that that's what I'd like to know. Sure. So, I think so. I, I worked as a family lawyer for a number of years before um, starting Setify. Um, I was at a really good firm in the city for about four years uh, and I, I just noticed that the way that we were doing things as lawyers wasn't always the most technologically up-to-date, the most sophisticated, um, uh, the most modern way of, 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 of assisting people and I thought well are there ways that we can be making our services easier and more accessible and, and faster um, by leveraging some of the things that we're seeing throughout the rest of the world. So it was 2016, Uber was on everyone's lips, Airbnb, people were, st were starting to book holidays online. I shouldn't say starting. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> lawyers might have uh, <laughs> just started yeah. booking holidays <laughs> online. Um, and I thought, well, given this accessibility, uh, this ethos of being able to uh, get whatever you want done, done when and where you want it via the internet, I thought, well, how, how does this apply to what I'm doing and, and what we do as family lawyers? Yeah. I was sitting in an initial meeting with um, the head partner at, at my firm 
um, who is one of the you know, Australia's most renowned family lawyers, um, ch charging combined rates probably over you know a thousand dollars between the two of us per hour. Um, and we were going through with a client, how do you spell your middle name? Uh, what, what are the kids' dates of birth? How much is the car worth? How much is the house worth? Uh, and I just thought, wow, there's got to be a more sophisticated um, mm. way that we can be using technology to be taking that administration, because um, really it's just basic data gathering, um, sourcing that in a more efficient way so that when this client is meeting with these two legal minds, they're actually getting advice, they're getting options, they're getting strategy, they're getting what they paid for um, rather than going through the, the sort of basics. Um, and so I, uh, I thought, well, you know, I think there's an opportunity here, there's a space here, and, and so I went for it. That is both compelling and, and considerate. Um, because, <laughs> because um, you know, it's interesting. We work with um, we work with many lawyers, and when we mm. first began working with the legal category in executing their social media, I, I was a little worried that perhaps they'd be unapproachable or um, mm. or a bit frightening. But I actually have found Max that um, that considerate is the word that I'd use to describe most of the people that we we work with. There's a real sense of consideration for for their customer, um, and that it's seems to be at the heart of of Setify. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's also at the heart of, of what you do. And I think that we have quite a, a number of firms that, um, that work with you and, and, and work with us as well. Um, and one of the things that is really interesting and in some ways counterintuitive, I think, about, about good lawyers is that they have a genuine desire to be assisting, law, assisting clients, sometimes despite their own um, self-interest. Mm. So uh, the way that I, that I mean that is it's not uncommon for people to look at what we do and say, How, you're not going to be able to create a business out of that because lawyers charge clients by the hour to be going through that basic admin with people. Um, so by you doing that, instead of the lawyer, you're going to be reducing the amount of billable hours that they'll have on this, on this matter. Um, and we sometimes come across people with that attitude and basically they don't use Certify um, and we don't really want to work with them. Mm. Um, but the reason why our, our you know, business has expanded to the point that we're in every we're in New Zealand, um, we're now in the UK, there are 155 firms you know, around the world that are, that are using our system. And oh, congratulations. That's, that's exciting. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, it is. Sometimes it's a bit of a pinch yourself kind of um, uh, <laughs> position to be in. But it, it really, to my mind, it really restores a lot of faith in the fact that um, in family law and in wills and estates law, at least, because um, those are the various... Um, there really is an ethos amongst, amongst good lawyers of how can we help our clients? We get that we're expensive. That's, the, um, that's kind of the economics of the way that, you know, law schools work, law firms work, um, et cetera. It's a, it's a rarefied uh, skill set to be able to be providing a, a, this, this service. Um, and the economics are such as they are that, that our time is expensive. Mm. But good lawyers, I think, are saying, how can I be providing maximum value with least use of, of our internal resources being our time um, to actually really serve clients? And I think that's, a, that's, that's actually kind of quite a beautiful thing in this space. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so now I'd, I'd love to ask a question of you, um, which is about your customer. 
um, when, I mean, you have such um, direct insight with the um, family law category. Um, when do you know that you're in flow with your business and your customer, I guess, even more importantly? Um, for many business owners, you know, being in flow can look different. Um, it might be it might be the end of your gross profit. It could be bookings. It could be opportunities that you didn't expect. Um, can you tell me more about that? Yeah, I think that the time that I'm in, in greatest flow is actually when I'm meeting with my colleagues, you know, meeting mm. with family lawyers who, are, who get it. Um, and when I say get it, I mean there are, still, there are still lawyers out there that think my clients don't use the internet. Um, there are still lawyers out there that say, I only deal with high net worth individuals and they don't use the internet. Um, why would anyone want to use this? Um, people want me personally every step of the way. So why, you know, why would they would they use this? Whereas there is obviously a lot of lawyers um, around the world who I'll, I'll meet with. I'll show them what Certified does. Um, they'll sort of see it physically in front of them, um, and they will just really click and say, "Ah, I want to be." Um, providing, you know, more efficient, easier services to, to, to clients. Um, this is something that will really help put clients at ease, um, will, will make them feel like they've got a certain, a certain amount of the sort of work uh, un, uh, under their belt. Um, they'll feel like they've made a meaningful start. They'll feel more comfortable about it. And when I meet with them, I can actually be providing um, high-value sort of, I guess, service and advice to them. Um, so quite often when I show people what Certified does, they'll actually start selling yeah. back to me, <laughs> um, which, which, is, which is lovely. And, and I can use, the conversation then usually becomes, wow, your intuition is really on point and look at this, you know, feedback server that we've got from clients that backs up exactly what you're, you're, you're saying and, and look at this, um, you know, testimonial from a, another um, one of our colleagues that says, you know, this has changed the nature of, of the first meetings that, that we have with people. Um, so I think that's when I'm in that greater sense of sort of flow, which I understand as, as being, you know, high awareness, um, uh, kind of presence in the moment and, and I suppose really vibing with people. Um, and, and to be honest, that's one of the aspects of this job that I, yeah. that I love the most. Um, it must feel really good when, when people begin selling the benefits of the product back to you. It must feel really, um, how does it feel? How does it make you feel? Yeah. Satisfied, <laughs> yeah. I guess, um, in, in short. Uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's the short-term aspect of it, which is... Um, great. It looks like this person's likely to come on board and, um, you know, that, that's fantastic commercially, financially, et cetera, in terms of the business strategy. But I, I suppose on a, on a deeper level, um, I really loved working as a family lawyer. I really loved my, um, my, my career and my profession. Uh, and unlike a lot of people that leave the law, I didn't, I wasn't pushed. Um, I, I jumped, um, uh, and, and I mean that in the sense that some people get disgruntled with, with, with legal practice and, and move on. Um, but I did always love it. I loved working with individuals at the hardest time in their lives, um, providing you know, a, a help to them in an area that is extraordinarily important. It's, it's basically their entire net worth in terms of finances and then more importantly, their children. 
Um, so it's a really pr privileged role to be in. Um, and I, and I loved practicing it. Um, and I left because I do have, I think an internal drive to build, um, to create something new, to, to, um, identify an opportunity or a gap or, or something that's missing, uh, and then work really hard to fill it, um, and, and make, make that a success. So when I'm speaking to, to lawyers, um, in, in either the sales pitch or indeed when I'm just going and catching up with them as I you know, fairly regularly do uh, and they are reflecting back to me exactly what I thought um, the, the opportunity was and saying, well, now that we've, we've, used, we've used Setify for a year and it's so great because blah, 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 um, that on quite a deep level is, is, is really, um, it's really motivating and, and really rewarding. Yeah, no, that really warms my heart to hear and I, I totally connect with that idea of being a, being a builder and that dovetails very nicely into my question mm. about what you thought being in business or being an entrepreneur might look like. I find that there's lots of um, kind of internet fueled TEDx enhanced, Tony Robbins amped ideas about, <laughs> oh, like live your best life, be an entrepreneur, it's business, it's business, hustle. Um, I've been in business for uh, 11 years and I, I, I wouldn't say that they ideas about entrepreneurship ring ring true i'd love to know what you thought business mm. would be like versus what the experience it is that you're having what what your current experience is like it's super interesting yulanthi because you i mean um I'm, I'm interested in 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 how it's different for, for you what, what were you expecting because and and i guess my question is around the structure of, of our yeah. businesses because they're quite different i mean we I, we've essentially built a, a yeah. product and it's a sort of specific product and we customize it with every firm that we mm. work with. But essentially it sort of sits out there. Whereas you, your business is much more about your, as I understand your sort of time and yes. expertise. Um, so what, yeah, what, how, how would you answer the question? So when I first began, I was, well, it was just me and I wanted to be a sole trader and I just wanted to make um, a living from writing meaningful, intelligent content, which at that stage was mostly blog content mm. for um for at that stage, mm -hmm. mostly the uh, property real estate development category, because that's where I'd come from. Mm. Um, and I, yeah. I just didn't have any aspirations further than being a sole trader, purely because I was quite um, in inherently quite conservative in terms of, I'm conservative and hyper compliant. So I was really afraid of, <laughs> I was really afraid <laughs> of the ATO as well. Um, <laughs> and so I just wanted to, I just wanted to be able to make a life for myself that was good. And, um, and I found all mm. the, you know, Collective Hub, um, uh, Lisa Messenger, Business Chicks. I mean, thank God all that stuff is there. It's great. Everybody needs a starting point to motivate themselves into um, into uh, being a business owner. And I found it an incredibly fulfilling um, aspect of my life. But I thought that um, mm. I actually thought that being in business was or, or handling all that money and being able to calculate BAS and GST. I kind of I I I didn't. Really, I hadn't ever been educated about it. And so I learned by doing, mm. um, and I, mm. I've progressed from sole trader through to company with employees paying super uh, over the period of time. Mm. And I feel like so proud of what I've done. And I feel like I just want to keep growing. Um, but I, I just don't think that, I, um, that there's any relationship between all that dream it, believe it stuff. And the reality is that every day hopping into your business and, loving your clients, having passion for the work 
and then being able to prospect. And for me, the key is being able to prospect. And that's, I mean, the tool that you mm. offer your clients to certify, that's a prospecting tool. And I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a mm. hunter of HR, so I, I, I love prospecting it. it uh, and I call it that. I find that a lot of people that I mentor around business can get really freaked out and offended by the idea of prospecting like it's something filthy. Like, um, but every business, needs new, <laughs> every business needs new life, but we can't, we can't mm. hope to serve without having someone to help, right? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I, I, I also think, I mean, prospecting, I like it. It sounds, you know, it evokes uh, gold, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, which I like. But I, I also like, the, the, I suppose, um, in some ways, sales, I think, can be a, a dirty word um, for, in, in some respects. And certainly, uh, the legal profession has traditionally had a very strained relationship um, with sales in that, Historically, lawyers couldn't and, and didn't advertise, uh, and then it was seen as unseemly to, to do so and unseemly to, to do anything other than be a gentleman who sits behind a desk, and I mean gentleman, yes. <laughs> um, with, a, um, with a quill, uh, <laughs> and people come and beseech us for our advice, and we, um, you know, sort of bestow it upon them. Um, and, and I think, luckily, that's, a, that's a, an attitude that has been confined to the dustbins of, of history, albeit that I think there is a little bit of that at the, at the bar mm. still. Um, but to my mind, sales is, you're actually performing a magic trick by um, change of um, value, i.e. one person's value for another person's money or time or whatever mm. it is. By nature of that transaction actually happening, by definition, you're, you're creating greater value than, than you had before. Um, otherwise, the exchange wouldn't go ahead. And so, you know, you look around at the world ar around us and um, the reason why there is abundance and the reason why there is, uh, you know, the material wealth that we enjoy now is because enough people have been saying, well, I have a, a, a stone hammer and you have a mammoth skin um, and, <laughs> and let's exchange that because together um, it's more valuable to, to each of us in some yeah. total. Um, so, you know, I think that's a, 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 another sort of way of framing that prospecting um, sales um, question. But we've gone off topic, Yulak, yep. because your, <laughs> your, your question was um, what I was expecting. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad that I, that I turned the question back on you, because to my mind, it, it really sort of clarifies how you and I have, have come to um, this in some ways from, from different um, positions or different mm -hmm. angles. I think that one of the key prompts for me actually, um, you know, um, deciding to take the fairly massive plunge of, of leaving my, my work um, and starting Setify, a trip that I took to um, LA when my sister was living there, she lived there for about five years. Mm -hmm. um, and she was working in sort of entrepreneurial um, businessy celebrity sort of circles and it was exciting and you know everything was happening it was the froth and the bubble and the fizz mm -hmm. um and I saw that and thought wow that's so exciting um and so I had grand ideas of technology you know legal tech um it's scalable it's big uh maybe we would go to a, a startup incubator maybe we would raise a whole bunch of capital we would try and you know expand and take over the world and um, have an office with exposed brick and indoor plants and foosball. Sounds um, awesome. Sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah. Well, I, I guess so. And, and, um, and, and I think that working with Athol, my co-founder, he's one of the smartest people I know. In fact, probably is the smartest person I know. Um, and I'll tell you a great story about him later on if you're yeah. interested. Um, but he is also a, a significant realist. And so he very much keeps us sort of grounded in the sense of let's not um, sort of go in for um, surface images of, of success or what a startup should look like. Let, we would only raise money if there's a particular reason that, that we would need to, that we would want to. Um, you know, let's actually have a real business um, that really provides to, to actual people um, rather than having a business to, where, where, you know, the, the value of the, of the company is, is in its stock uh, and the kind of speculation on that stock. Um, so we've taken a real, really non sort of Silicon Valley style startup um, approach, which I think is, is right for the, um, the, the, the business that we're in. Mm. Yeah, no, that, that's, um, that's refreshing because although the idea of the Google, Amazon, exposed brick football table was tempting, I think that Apple seems to have kept your feet on the ground. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. I yeah. think so. And I think it's, it's also about um, navigating the realities. And the other big thing about that is, is um, asking the question um, of ourselves, what do we actually want? Um, what would our life look like if we were, you know, if it was a sort of Silicon Valley, um, you know, equity backed uh, startup type thing. Um, and is that actually the life that we want to lead or do we want to lead a life where we uh, have the flexibility to continue to create, um, continue to think of, of, you know, new things, innovate things and uh, not have, I suppose, as much kind of hype and expectation and, and stress, to be honest. Yeah, um, and sometimes when I think about um, through bodies like Startup Victoria or other startup organisations that seem to have more of a tech focus, you know, whenever they've got workshops on like um, kind of like um, angel um, VC and um, like, you know, joint ventures and things like that, sometimes I feel like when we're in startup, regardless of whether you're tech or not, and I really resent that so often startup is only related to tech, whereas it could be like, mm. you could be a startup bakery, you could be, you know, a startup, um, you know, it doesn't just have to be about apps and, and scalable things. It can be, it can be any kind of business. Um, sometimes yep. I, I really think that people need to be focusing on, on building something that is actually, there's actually an appetite for it in the market rather mm. than just mm. thinking about scaling and speculation um, and actually working out mm. if the business model is, um, is sound a bit like, um, I'm not sure if you've read it or, or you might've seen the doco, but um, I've forgotten the exact name, but I think the book is called, Bad Blood by John Carreyrou. Uh, fair enough. Fair, yeah. fair enough, right? Yeah. And you, you, as a as a as somebody in business, you and you know people have asked to. I've I've had approaches for people to to buy um, my business before, and I don't have any interest in, in that in in that at this stage in my life. But you know, mm. it can be you know money can be thrown at you, but you can really end up really cocking things up really badly through overpromising mm. and, and hurting people and hurting yeah. people literally. Yeah. Um, I know. I went through. I, so I watched um, the Fire Festival documentary oh, fairly shortly after reading that book. Yes. Um, and yeah, it's. And I feel like there was also a period where everyone was talking about that. I think that period's passed a little bit now. Mm. Um, but that 
I, I have to say I had a, a, an interesting relationship with the characters in, in both of those. Um, I think that the Fire Festival guy was sort of uh, basically a, a shyster Just in, some, in some respects. But then, so here's the thing. Before I started um, Setify, when I was at, um, back practicing law, I've always had this creative side to me. Um, and I've, I'm a and I know that I need to do theatre and, and, and be involved in it, basically, yeah. to, to stay happy. Yes. Um, and so I, I started a, um, a, a, a company, um, a, um, the legal profession called Bottled Snail Productions um, mm -hmm. back in 2012. Awesome. Um, and we started with, with the, yeah, yeah, it was, a, we started with a, um, a law review sketch show. Yes. Um, because I had a, a background in, in law reviews at uni and I thought, hmm, I wonder if, A, there'd be enough talented people in the legal profession to put a show together and B, whether anyone would come. Um, so we put out a call for uh, auditions. A whole bunch, a lot of people um, auditioned. We turned out, we, you know, there were a whole lot of basically people that could have gone on to become comedians, but for one reason or, or another sort of tipped over into the um, into pursuing law. Mm -hmm. um, we put a show on and we, it ended up selling out the Capitol Theatre, um, you know, 1,650 seats. Yeah, for an unknown sort of first time Melbourne comedy festival show, um, which is, is sort of unheard of in, in, in many ways. Uh, and I, we, the people that were involved in that show um, then said, hey, I actually think that there's something here. Um, there's this seam of talent, um, creative talent in the, in the legal profession. Uh, and then also a whole lot of people that want to come out and see this, um, see people, um, you know, being creative. Uh, so we started the, the company and um, it's, it's, it's still going. We put on shows, um, musicals, plays. Oh. Uh, it's got a full 40-member symphony orchestra. It's got a, a choir. Um, it's sort of really taken on a, a life of itself. Um, and I'm not intimately involved actually in the running of the company anymore. Yeah. Um, but it's, that's, you know, an, another real kind of source of joy in, in my oh. life. And, but what, um, a, what, a con what, what a contribution to the community of both people that you probably um, would call friends, but also to the, to the legal community. That's amazing. I'm going to include the link in this podcast to the production company <laughs> that Max has just been speaking about everyone. So you're going to be able to check that out. That's fine. Please do. Bottled Snail Productions. Okay. Yeah, keep, keep, keep an eye out for it because they're doing they, – and it, it does fantastic things. And I can say that because I'm not, I'm not involved no. in, in um, all of the productions anymore. So I, I now have the, the honour of being able to just go along and watch, you know, cool theatre or, or, or enjoy great music. Um, but linking, I mean, I keep going back on, I keep going off on tangents. It's good. I'm sorry. No, it's good. Um, so, but linking that back then to the whole Theranos, um, fire festival, mm -hmm. um, thing, I, I watched those and I saw the, the, uh, you know, the entrepreneurs behind it. And I was like, they're, they're hustling. Yeah. They're making they're flying by their, their, you know, the seat of their pants and they're, they're, they're pulling themselves up by their bootstraps um, and faking it until they're making it. And, you know, when you're wanting to put on a, um, a show in the Melbourne Comedy Festival and you're trying to get someone to give you the Capitol Theatre to perform it, mm -hmm. you, you need to, 
you know, you need to, to, to talk the talk. You need to convince people that, yeah, this, is, this dream is ridiculous, but yes, we can make it happen. Yeah. Um, and I suppose the, the difference between a criminal and an entrepreneur is actually having the plan, you know, actually <laughs> being able to deliver. deliver. Um, yeah. Being able, yeah. And, 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 and the, the fire festival guy, I was like, well, you seem like a shyster, but on the other hand, things could have come together. Yeah. Every production I've ever been involved with, I, I don't sleep, you know, it, it's a disaster. It's mm. like, yeah. you know, the, the venue's cancelled on us. The, um, you know, the, the, main, the main actor is sick. Um, this set piece hasn't come in. God, the sky's going to fall down on our head. And then it all sort of comes, comes together in the last minute and you're right on opening night and, and you go out and, and it's a great show. Um, and I was watching that, looking at it, just being like, this is what happens when, <laughs> when it, it doesn't come doesn't. together at the last minute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that, um, that for uh, people, for younger, well, I guess any entrepreneur, but for people in, in business, you know, where you have perhaps been seduced by that, idea of the scaling and the bootstrapping and the hustling like you know where where, mm. where you think that is part of the language and, and the culture of um <clears throat> of quickly scaling business or bringing in big dollars like um you know it, when you see things like the fire festival or um the you know the theranos scandal you can really see you can see the footsteps that it took to get where they where they went that went bad and you mm. know what there's not mm. a whole lot of there's not a whole lot of footsteps that takes you from mm. being the legitimate deliverer of your promise to like, you know, to not, to being, to being, to being criminal. And I guess that's why those stories are, are so compelling. And I think John Ronson also mm. wrote this amazing book, which was about, um, so you, it's called, so you've been publicly shamed and it, right. it um, and it, it, it doesn't look at scandal in the same way, but it does look at cancel culture and the, and the internet. Mm. Um, and again, it has examples of, you know, people who have stuck their head above the parapet and unlike, you know, your theatre company where it came together on the, on the night, sometimes things don't come together and it, there's, a, there's, some kind of, there's some kind of cost to that, yeah. But I, and I guess that there's, I haven't read that, but I guess that there is an acid test, you know. I, 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 I differentiated between whether you can actually deliver or not. But I think that in both of the, those examples, the, the real reason why it's such a compelling um, Icarus story um, is because they lied um, yeah. they they flat out sort of prevented the truth from coming out and they also instilled yeah in order to um, in order to be able to achieve that mm. the real that's the real acid test you, you you need to um have vision and you need to hustle but you should never be untruthful um you know ever uh, no. and and you should also always, I think, be really open to opposing views and, 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 and criticism and feedback and, and people's doubts and, and taking people's doubts really seriously. Um, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm really enjoying where this conversation has led us. It's, it's, it is tangential, but I think there's heaps of takeaways and also <laughs> great recommendations for excellent documentaries, theatre companies, podcasts, all good. Um, so I'll, we'll just yeah. close off on, um, on, on a final question. So Sell Less means, Mean More is really about trying to remove the focus from hustling and from that culture that I don't personally really appreciate about business development and, and rather taking people's eye off the hustle and moving it towards meaning. What does moving towards meaning look like for Certify? 
I think that it's about focusing on the, on the contribution um, that, that you're making mm-hmm. um, and not losing sight of that. So for, for us, um, you know, we've, we've, we've had now, now about 12,000 people, um, you know, family law clients and, and, and then uh, um, several thousand wills clients um, in addition to that. Uh, that have come through our system um, and interacted with um, w- with wording that I've drafted and, and conditional logic that, that I've that I've created and, and um, obviously with a, a huge amount of Athol's input and um, Athol kind of coding it up, um, not to mention the rest of our team. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I suppose remaining focused on the needs of those people um, and remaining focused on the, on the needs also of, of the lawyers um, and how we can help them make their job better. Because I think that when you're focused on um, delivering actual value, the sale follows mm-hmm. um, uh, pretty naturally and the hustle um, uh, becomes less required. I mean, most of our, most, most certified firms nowadays come to us. Mm-hmm. Um, they are lawyers who have been recommended um, you know, because they've been out having drinks with a colleague who's been saying really great things about Certify. So they look us up and um, uh, ask us for a demonstration, see it and think fa- fabulous. Um, so, you know, most of our sales is actually inbound. Um, mm. And I think that that's because we are less focused on, uh, you know, sort of putting ourselves out there uh, and much more focused on delivering value. Yeah, I think that that's such an important step um, point that you've made, and I agree. And I, I see it in real time in in Ruby Assembly as well. Um, we focus on telling really good stories, offering incredible um, like business and um, and marketing insights. It's all for free through you know podcasts and blogs mm. and, and just being a generally good egg and running workshops and and being really open and transparent about the kind of business that we are and the kind of woman that I that I am as a as a leader um, and mm. I find that most of our inquiries are also inbound and that removes the idea of hustle and it takes mm. me back more to just being somebody who really wants to share who really wants to help and who really mm. understands that I'm here to serve and um, and that's yeah it's so heartening to to hear you reflect on that about um, about Certify Max so um, thank you for this amazing conversation I'm sure that there's going to be lots to take away for um, our audience um, and I'm going to include the details of um, Certify and the books that we've spoken about today and the theatre production company, of course, in the notes for this podcast. Max Patterson, thank you so much for being on Sell Less Me More. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much, Yolanthi. Really appreciate your time. I hope that you really enjoyed the interview with Max and myself. Upon listening to the podcast back before editing for you guys, I could really feel the warmth and enthusiasm that we shared. And I hope that it inspires you to think about new ways to create meaning rather than selling hard within your business. I'll include the details for Setify as well as Max's uh, theatre performance group and a few of the texts that we mentioned during our conversation in the podcast notes for this episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Yolanthe Gabri and this is Sell Less, Mean More.